ist August. August. Four years. Oh my God. Freaking hell. That's just horrible news. What? Is this thing gone? This is Big Green. Celebrate our anniversary. Three jazz. Ow! Stay tuned. Ha! This is Lee Mages. Last week on Ned Trek. The crew of the Free Enterprise was taken captive by a bunch of half-crazed neocon geeks. They stole Captain Romney's brain, and were fixing to use it for a doorstop, until Ned and the others outsmarted them with peels of logic that would have confounded Euclid himself. Not sure who the hell Euclid was, but he must have been somebody smart, because he's right here in this here script, right next to the word logic. Arch! Hey, some lackey just poked me with a stick. I'm being told now that last week's episode was the one where Captain Romney's body was taken over by a crazed female dentist. Well, that's just outstanding. That boy has had him a month. Anyway, this episode coming up now features some outstanding performances by the most unlikely characters you can imagine. They even gave me the role of a lifetime. I'm gonna go put on my fancy acting shoes right now. Stay tuned! Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the Starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're cancelled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. the estate of Green Rottenberry sue your sorry Aberswithian butt off. I, Mr. Pearl, I cannot open the door right now. I got a wee bit of business to take care of in here. Well, so do I, Welsh. You still haven't fixed the ion shower in my quarters. Just look at me. I've got wiggly black lines drawn all over my head. I smell like a bus. 
Now let me in there so I can use the transporter to beam my stench into deep space. You cannot use the transporter for personal hygiene. It's a very delicate piece of equipment. If you upset the delicate balance, we'll all be... Yes, yes, I know. Lost, forever lost. Sweet Maroni's Halo Welsh. Isn't there one piece of technology on this entire ship that we can use without putting our lives in peril? Aye, there is, Mr. Pearl. That would be my pender and single mouth synthesizer unit. But you cannot use it. It's a very delicate piece of equipment. Bridge to Mr. Welsh. Bridge to Mr. Welsh. This is Captain Willard Metilius Romney calling. Come in, Mr. Welsh. This is Captain Willard Metilius Romney. Aye, Welsh here, sir. I know who you are. You've done an app that repeated a dozen times. Welsh, this is Captain Romney speaking. Ach, you penbach. Hey, that's Welsh for small head or poison trousers, something like that. Anyhow, you're pretty far off the mark, Welsh. The captain's head is enormous, and his trousers are as much an antidote to poison as any billionaire's. Welsh, have you packed those drugs in cardboard yet? We're within spinning distance of the colony on planet Crawford too. In fact, I've asked Doc to hang his neck out in space and ping the planet's troposphere with one of his famous hawkers. <laughs> hawkers. Oh, shut up, Willard. Welsh, just box up the stupid drugs and get them ready for beam down and keep your indecipherable Welsh euphemisms to yourself. It's nay indecipherable, Mr. Ned. Your pen buck got an 83 accuracy rating on youswear.com. At least it did 200 years ago in Earth's past, which continues to be a period of inexplicable fascination to us. Wait a minute, Ned. Mr. Walsh, what kind of drugs are we carrying? Why are we beaming them down to what sounds like the lame 90s remake of a bad 80s soap opera? I do not know what they are, but the label on the box says, For Motorol. For Motorol? That sounds valuable. Let me see. Pearl! Oh, just a little peek. I won't touch them, Mr. Ned, I promise. Oh, please! For card's sake, Welsh, open the freaking door and let Ass Man have a look. But if he reaches for his communicator and starts talking to his commodities broker, shut the bastard down. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Where are they, Welsh? Where are the nice, bright, candy-like pharmaceuticals? I... They're over here by the transporter, you piggin. Hey, Welsh was my mother's second language, you know. And I don't appreciate being called a penis. Though I do appreciate that you didn't modify it with a yamickle, which means really small. Wait a minute, no. That's not Welsh, it's Vespuccian. I know that language too because my father drinks Vespucci milk. Now get out of my way. Let's see. Hey, pretzels. Lousy stinking pretzels. What a jip! What the? Dr. Bogoto, what are you doing here? I heard you ripping into my drugs over the intercom, and I had to come down and stop you before you spoil the whole shipment. That bag you opened cost the Confederation 15,000 squat loads. 15,000 squat loads? For pretzels? Those are not ordinary pretzels. They were specially formulated by some of the Confederation's greatest medical minds. In other words, he means not Dr. Coburn, who's probably drunk in his cabin right now. I see, Mr. Beauregard. 
Where's my goat cheese? And where's my badger bone waistcoat? Just see! The greatest medical minds in the galaxy made them up special for a very, very special patient down there on planet Crawford 2. And before the horse jumps in to correct me, I did mean to say planet. That's part of the name of this planet. So technically, it's Planet Planet Crawford 2. No frickin' comment. Patient? What patient is he talking about, Ned? Oh, Jesus. Just stay there, you idiot. Willard and I'll come down and explain it to your sorry ass. Or I will anyway, after I explain it to his even sorrier ass. Finally! What took you so long, Ned? Tell me about it. Willard had to stop at his cabin so he could change into his yacht captain's jacket. On his way out, he brushed up against his bobble-headed fleet Captain Reagan porcelain miniature. And then we had to stand at attention and wait for the head to stop nodding. Only happens every freaking time we walk in there. <laughs> Before I make a big decision, I like to make sure I have the full support of my superiors, Ned. That's de rigueur. Willard, if we did that, we'd have to hear from every half-wit jackass in the known universe that wears a five-dollar uniform. Okay, Mr. Pearl, what's next on the agenda? Is this where the ingots are made? Shut up, Willard! This isn't part of that stupid virtual tour of the Franklin Mint you were taking this morning. Pearl, not that it's any of your business, but those drugged-up pretzels are for a special, um, patient down at Planet Crawford 2. A patient by the name of Commodore Bush. Commodore Bush? You mean... My former patron and wartime advisee? He's tucked away on an obscure assisted living planetoid? That's right, Pearl. Only keep your mouth shut for once in your life. Starfleet's command says we can't let anybody know about it. And if you weren't a total nobody, I wouldn't even be telling you. But, but why did they put him on Crawford too? The man is a legendary strategist. His mission accomplished in San Diego Harbor is required reading at the Academy. At least, it should be. I ghostwrote it for him. Made a bundle on it, too. Though it took me three nights of solid work. The strategery part was easy, but it was really hard to get his accent right. You wrote that? I read the book last year. Found it in a remainder's bin on Planet. I mean, Planet, but a soak is four. It was contagious. Seventy pages. There were pictures here and there, so it wasn't too hard to bear. Better than the book that that guy who dresses like an ice cream man wrote. Much better. Pagodo, just crate that robot up and get it on board the Jupiter 2. Wait, wait. Do what to the who now? Oh, Jesus. For a moment, I forgot what dumbass show I was on. Just get the stupid drug shipment ready, you dumbass. When we reach Planet Crawford, we're gonna drop it and run. That's right, Doctor. Then you can see to that robot. <laughs> Captain, we're approaching Planet Planet Crawford 2. Shall I establish orbit around the... thing? It's all part of God's plan, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> Shut up, Willard. Sulu, just do the thing you usually do. 
Help the audience to pretend that you're making a pretend ship go around a big plastic planet with a light bulb in it. Uh, I sir. Zulu, have somebody assemble a landing party. And make sure all the dinghies are clear from the landing before the party gets started. <laughs> oh, and have them crack open a case of the Dom Perignon 1961. The one with a royal wedding insignia on it. Commodore Bush always liked that bottle. It's very shiny. I'll just have some restrained ocelot milk. <laughs> Be sure to sprinkle something green on it. I sir. You sound a lot less surly than usual, Sulu. Are you high on good and plenty or something? No, Mr. Ned. I'm just up on the bridge. Serendipity smiled on me. Got a ticket to half a blast. Something barely worth my wife turned me into an iconoclast. Had to wait about a decade. Time sure went by fast. Now I've got this thing. The next ten seems off But I, I don't smoke <laughs> Just gave more lines to the doctor Cause he can't deliver a joke <laughs> Yoko's an out of space now That just can't get old If you want me out You're the last one out the door They break down the sets tomorrow No one needs spaceships anymore They're going more direction of murder mysteries A deep adversity, family, 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 family the ratings till we went and lost the war residuals with nothing what's that dumb agency for the managing another client I guess someone else will be mopping the floors what about me what about me I'll be upon the bridge Metal kind of TV. The court doesn't begin to express the sentiments of his son Joseph Blow. That which we have was in the gentleman of Mongadoe.
The year our brave Confederacy declared its independence with fierce volleys of cannon fire. Those Yankees in Fort Sumter were so terrified by General Beauregard's assault, their commander ran off and invented baseball. <laughs> hey, looks like Doc's been sneaking into my logbook again. The lingering aroma of hickory smoked rib sauce should have tipped me off. Anyway, I assembled a landing party to accompany the shipment of life-giving pretzels to the asylum colony on Planet Crawford II. We were greeted at the landing site by the governor of the colony. Dr. Paul Wolfowitz. Probably not the same Paul Wolfowitz that was tragically killed for a cheap gag on the very first episode of Nedrick. Now this would be another Paul Wolfowitz. Another Paul Wolfowitz. Think of it, folks. Anyhow, his hair has come back slick as an oil spill. Looks like he's expecting us. I say, Governor Wolfowitz, this is a mighty fine little quasit hut you've got set up down here. Just like those big barrel houses we used to live in way back in Oklahoma. My pappy would just slice an empty oil barrel in two with his miter saw, rinse it out with a little whiskey, and plant it in the good earth. Mama would dress it up nice with a prize-winning petunias and marigolds. Hey, I say, I recall finally cutting up my very first corn pig alongside that ramshackle home. What the hell are you talking about, Coburn? This planet is just a featureless hallway, like the ones we have on the ship set. Jesus Willard, I told you to stop taking him on away missions, especially the ones that I'm on. I know, Ned. <laughs> it's just that those scene transitions go by so fast. I don't even remember who I brought along on this trip. In fact, I'm surprised to see you here, and Mr. Stephanie Lou. <laughs> I can do this stuff in my sleep. It's the only time that anything ever gets done. Jesus, did you bring Stephanie L too? I wish this was a video podcast so I could see what the hell is going on. We had to bring Stephanie L, Ned. Starfleet's regulations require that at least 12% of each landing party be comprised of expendable red-shirted personnel. What? Pearl's here too? Can't we just leave them home drawn up invasion plans with crayons? Mother of freaking corn. I say, Mr. Ned. 
Your foul manipulation of that particular turn of phrase borders on the blasphemous. I demand that you keep your implications of bestiality to yourself. We are nearing a barnyard, sir, a rural citadel, if you will. And once there, I do insist upon a certain decorum. Oh, shut up, Coburn. Stop it, you'll hurt your throats. Pagodo, too. Willard, you brought the whole darn crew down here. Who the hell is driving the ship, you latter-day dum-dum? Oh, right, the stupid plot. <sighs> so, Governor Wolf Wiz, pleased to meet you, I'm sure. So where's the freaking patient? He's in the day room, gentlemen. At the end of the hall, right behind that stack of Ken and Micaiah books. All signed, by the way, if you're interested. You should buy them, you know. To do so is a moral imperative. Like invading Iraq. And Syria. And Iran. And Iraq again. Yeah, nice try. Just lead on for corn's sake. By the way, Mr. Horse, it's Governor Dr. Wolfowitz, M.D. I'm now a doctor of intergalactic environmental psychology. Hey, I thought you had a Ph.D. in political science from the University of Chicago, fabled citadel of our most holy apostle of self-enrichment, Milton Bradley Friedman, creator of life. He means the game of life, Jesus. He also invented Twister. That notwithstanding, I'm now a doctor of intergalactic environmental psychology. Impressive title, Governor! You know, when I was your age, I always wanted to be a doctor. I remember practicing on the household indentured servants when I was five or six. Poppy lent me one of his ledgers so that I could track all their accounts, and when they fell behind, I sent all their names to collections, just like a real doctor. <laughs> um, actually, I'm 71. I think I'm older than you are, Captain. Anyhow, what we have here is an asylum, although we loathe to use the word asylum. It sounds bad, and we're keen to make it sound good. Here we make the patients pay for their own incarceration, something we make sure they can do before we invade, I, I mean before we admit them. And what have you gotten them to admit to so far? Did any of them steal the Limburger gravy? Limburg, baby, you idiot. Just never mind what he says, Wolf of Dicks. What are all these, anyway? Jail cells? Goodness, no. There are elite guest rooms. Over there is Elliot Abrams' cabin. And this one belongs to Condoleezza Rice. Oh, Captain Romney. Well, hello, Madam Secretary. Catching up on some national security briefings in there, are we? <laughs> hey, what's that crumpled memo on the floor? Hmm. Bin Laden determined to strike inside the U.S. I think that was meant for the bin, right? <laughs> Looks like you've underpitched it. Here, let me sink it for you. No, you must listen. That's not Governor Wolfowitz. It's an imposter. An imposter? I don't know. Looks like the same old Wolfie to me. Once you've sent a man through a fraternity spanking machine a couple of times, you know I'm coming and going. <laughs> yep, that's his fanny. <laughs> now, Candy. Don't upset the nice gentleman. They've come here to see the Commodore. I see. Oh, Captain Romney, when you talk to my husband, 
I mean to Commodore Bush, tell him that I need to get on his schedule for next Thursday at 3.15, and I don't mind sharing a seat again with Dick Cheney's colostomy bag. Rhino, Condi! <laughs> she was named after condiments. That rice! The Commodore's cabin is right up ahead. You can see him now, all except for the talking horse. You'll have to wait out here, I'm afraid. What? Why the hell didn't you tell me that before? I could have stayed on the freaking ship and enjoyed a near idiotless environment. <laughs> That's okay, Ned. You stay out here with the medicated blintzes. The rest of us will go in and talk to the burning bush. I'm hoping to score some sacred tablets by beam out time. <laughs> Captain, we're not going to the top of Mount Ararat, are we? That's where Noah crashed his stupid ark, you idiot. Somehow in a worldwide ocean, he managed to hit something. The guy couldn't drive a freaking rowboat. The burning bush was on Mount Sinai. That's right, Ned. It's where Moses triumphed over that blacklisted Edward G. Robinson. My great-great-granduncle Efren kept his collectivist golden calf as a souvenir. I used to wear it on a chain around my neck back in the disco 70s. <laughs> Worked better than my old Italian horn. Did a lot of doodah dancing back in those days. Oh, yeah. Would you just go in? I've got a war to sell in about an hour. That's him over there. What? In the painter's smock? In front of that childish canvas? Are you sure that's Commodore Bush? It's me, Pearly. He's tricked you. <laughs> That last fella he showed you wasn't me. It was a cardboard cutout that looked like me. That's all. Hey, can you pass me that tube of cantaloupe paint? I'm rendering a likeness right now. Or, or I'd like to send somebody else to do it. Someone with a submarine. <laughs> He's been saying that for weeks now. Our staff can't figure out why. Howdy, Commodore. You know, I loved your early records. Especially that country crossover one about having a good time. Hey, would you be willing to sign Lionel Richie's name on this rutabaga? It's for my son, Tag. Willie? Willie Romney? I knew you'd be here today. Gosh, Commodore. How did you know? I painted it, see? The paint never lies, Pearly. You see? Just look at the canvas. Uh, yeah, that's... That's great, Commodore. Why, it looks like a... A disturbing hodgepodge of different shapes and, uh, colors. That's very perceptified of you. Why, that blob there. That's Captain Romney. And this big bulbous brown one over here, that's you, Pearly. Over there is Ma, or Mama Toad, as I used to call her. I also used to call her Gilman. <laughs> She's peering at the two of you like nobody's business. <laughs> I know that look. You better both watch your fannies. Uh, great, but I haven't been able to see mine in some time. And this here circle shape is whatever that satchel thing is you're carrying. What is that thing, anyhow? Gentlemen, I caution you. Don't tell him about the drugs. He's very resistant to the idea of reparative therapy. It's just some snacks in the bag, Commodore. These nice men brought you some nice snacks. Isn't that nice? That's right, Poppy. We brought you some nice crunchy pretzels. Nothing life-threatening about a pretzel. And don't worry, there's nothing in them that will make you, uh, less crazy. <laughs> yeah, like for Motorola. There's none of that stuff in those things. I don't take pretzels anymore, even if they have motor oil in them, will they? And I ain't taking nothing that's gonna interfere with my artistry, or, or, or my artistic ability. It's something that's been part of me from the very beginning. 
the day I was born. Open my ears and eyes to a, a buzzing confusion. I spent my first days sorting out shapes and colors. Butch kept coming around, so I, I called them Brother. watching sporting games back at the White House? Commodore, remember? White House? White House? What? White House? Wait a minute. No, nothing. You know, I had a first cousin twice removed who was a know-nothing. In fact, he helped me formulate my immigration policy back in Hot 12. 
Yes, indeed, he was one of my chief advisors until I found out he was Irish. That's when I had him removed. Twice. The first time didn't stick. He had to come back for his magic shillelagh. That was his umbrella, you idiot. I could hear every word you say, you know. Hey, was that, was that horse I heard? No, Commodore. It's just an orderly with your evening medications. I'll get them for you. Jeez, Commodore Bush, you hardly seem like the same man I knew in Con. I mean, I mean Neocon, all those years ago. But judging by the um quality of your paintings, I guess you come by your talents naturally. Bet I knew where you were. You were painting flowers out in the full sun. Losing track of days Barking at the full moon Out of power, out of grace In an institution Both your portrait and your face Naturally 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 Generals, aboard with all invasions, war consultants chief. Now it's all about your crayons and every grade of paper. To massive was the crowd that brought you to this fate. Naturally, Prosperous, got a new position for every failed state. I see you in a bathroom, collecting up the dishes. You must be a trustee here, washing and rinsing.
Jesus, that was freaking awful. Willard, get them away from the Commodore before he goes into some kind of rockabilly-induced funk. I swear, here at Talking Horse, just like the one I painted, see? <laughs> That's right, Mr. Pearl. Your gay little song has destroyed King. I wish you'd never come to Siam. Why don't you and Mr. Stephanie Lou go out and play? I hear there's a jungle gym on the property. You can swing like chips and throw feces at one another. <laughs> All right. Come on, Stephanie L. Yes, sir. Where's that orderly with a medication trolley? Willard's got King and I syndrome again or some kind of idiotosis. Good man, El Stefano. Vaya con Dios, mi amigo. And take Ned with you while you're at it. He knows all about chips. I can still hear you, you know. Hey, I painted that too. so unspoiled. To think it's been hanging here in space like a piece of overripe fruit, just waiting to be plucked by a hungry and enterprising passerby. It was unspoiled until you got here. Your rankness is permeating it. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to do what a racehorse does. And I don't mean winning the preakness. There's gotta be a can on this planet somewhere. My bet is on that horse barn over there. it now, Pearl? No horses. This barn isn't even built for them. Just storage for other TV shows. There's some reels of self-destructing tape from Mission Impossible. This is the Nixon Android, Mr. Ned. I've been monitoring your progress on this mission, and I wondered if someone wouldn't mind sending up a few boxes of those reels of tape. We can use the slingshot effect to go back in time and replace the regular incriminating brand tape that we used to use. Shut it, Nixon, and quit tying up the line. Come to think of it, we haven't seen any horses on planet Planet Crawford 2. Not even a carousel nag. What the hell kind of dump is this anyway? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. All one color. No guide for... Stick to the script, Pearl. No freestyle quoting of other shows from parallel universes. Oh, come on, Ned. I was just about to go off and into a profound commander-esque soliloquy. What the hell is this all about, anyhow? First Commodore Bush doesn't even want to see me, and then his horse barn doesn't have any horses in it. Sir? What is it, you watered-down sixth-generation non-entity? Sir, I think I know the answer, sir. It's about Commodore Bush. Whatever. Just roll the tape, you mutant. Aye, sir. <laughs> He's here because he's scared, of course. Afraid he'll get trampled by a horse, or bitten, or kicked, bludgeoned, or thrown. Equine nightmares follow him like a drone. Bush dance at him. 
fables where hoof creatures are just found in fables. Bush mom will keep her eldest son safe. Glad to be rid of him, she hates his face. a lot. Now what do we do? We've completely demystified his character. What the hell are we going to talk about for the rest of the show? We could talk about what a jackass both of you are. Bridge to Mr. Dead. Bridge to Mr. Dead. Not here. What is it, Sulu? Mr. Dead, I can't raise the captain. I have to tell him something. Oh no! Are the Abomulans attacking? I'd heard that they were going to round us all up, load us into cattle cars, and ship us off to rot in empty Walmart distribution centers. Maybe they've already flipped you, and you're trying to lure us back to the ship. Or maybe you just can't see them because they're using cloaked helicopters. But I still know they're black. Uh, no. It's not the Abomulans. Any encounter with them usually starts with a surrender followed by the delivery of one of those edible arrangements with an elaborate card thanking us for accepting the surrender. No, the captain has a phone call, that's all. I'm actually hoping it's word of my transfer. What the hell? Why isn't Willard answering the freaking phone? There's nothing down here to keep him busy but a bunch of crackpot washouts and their double crackpot advisors. The Nixon android has tried all hailing frequencies, sir. At least I think he has. He broke into Doc's Kentucky bourbon, and now he's seeing triple. So he might have only tried a third of them. Breaking in, Mr. Ned. Couldn't help but overhear that last conversation. 
This seems like a good time to remind you that you can never trust what comes out of the Oriental mind. There's a lot of truth to the notion of their inscrutability as a race. They act in unpredictable ways and conceal their devious intentions behind a veil of malevolent silence, made all the more unnerving by the strangeness of their appearance. In my humble opinion, every man Jack Chen of them has a face made for white phosphorus and napalm. It's hard not to hate them for all the incendiaries they made me drop on their children. Uh, Mr. Ned, I'm going to sign off now. I wouldn't want Pearl to get too upset over hearing me tell Nixon to fuck a satellite and die. I could block my ears. That's fine. We're going to check on Willard to make sure he didn't get lost in his sacred underwear or something. Ned, out. Come on, Pearl, Stephanie. Look lively there. Willard! Where the hell are you? You idiot! You again. I told you to stay away from the Commodore. Yeah, yeah, sure you did. And now we know why, wolf of shits. It's because your Commodore's afraid of horses, right? No, that's not true. He's... he's just got a horsehair allergy. That's all. No supreme commander of the universe could be afraid of horses. Supreme Commander, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Ah, the original landing party. Finally, where were you, Willard? Squirreling away some ancient tablets somewhere. <laughs> no, Ned, but you're close. I was in the gents. For two hours? And where's Poppy Picasso? Well, he's in there too, Ned. That's where he gets some of his best work done. <laughs> I was posing for a portrait, but it came out a bit more abstract than I care for. I always thought it was unnatural to have both eyes on the same side of your head. Though it does come natural for me to talk out of both sides of my mouth. <laughs> Anyhow, he's the artist, and I have every reason to trust his judgment, and the judgment of his team of extra-motivated advisors. Wolfie, I thought I heard a horse. Is there a horse out there? No, Commodore. Just those code pink ladies again. Go back to your painting. We've got to get Mr. Ned out here. If the Commodore catches a glimpse of Ned and how rambunctious he is, he'll go mad. Completely bunker town, also known as mad. Wrong episode. Wait a minute. It is the right one. That sounds like a horse. Wolfie! No, no, Commodore. Get out. Stay out. Wait, why doesn't Ned just disguise himself? We could call up to the Free Enterprise and just have them manufacture a costume from Elizabethan England or from mid-20th century Germany. They could just beam it down right onto him. Mr. Sulu? Yes, what is it now? Mr. Sulu, we need a Waffen-SS uniform for Mr. Ned. Make it tasteful, meaning not completely plastic. Though it might be handy if we could clean it with a sponge. Please just beam it right down onto him. Make him a colonel. Chop, chop. Mr. Ned... Dad here. It's about Mr. Pearl. Is it okay if I do a code 7 on him? Permission granted. Aye, sir. Wait. Well, I'm, I'm disappearing. Ned, what is a code 7? Shut up, Pearl. Sulu, is the deed done? Aye, sir. Transporter turbo wedgie accomplished. Sending him back your way now. 
Oh, help! My waistband is looped over my chin, and I think I'm getting gangrene. Nice work, Sulu. Now you can beam down one of those foul weather tents. You know, the type we couldn't lay our hands on when you almost roasted to death on Cracker Fry 9. I'll just wear it like a raincoat so the Commodore Bush doesn't cluster bomb his britches when he sees me. <laughs> Mr. Britches. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Ned, where'd you go? I was looking right at you, and, and suddenly you just weren't there. I'm under this tarp, Willard. Don't you know anything? Jesus. Okay, Wolf of Halfwits, get Leonardo Budinsky out here before we all grow old and die. Commodore Bush, it's safe to come out now. Somebody led the horsey away and left these two big friendly men in a sausage skin in its place. Hot dog! Light's a lot better out here than in the bathroom. Though the subject matter ain't as good. <laughs> My theme for this week is subway toilets. See any of them out here? Which reminds me, I'm working on a new canvas. This time I'm going to paint the free Enterprise. That's my ship, Commodore, and it could use a paint job. But heck, sir, we've got servants to do that for us. We pay them on oxygen, and they get their wages when the job is done. Gives them the incentive to work faster. Typically, though, they just work quieter, and then they all go AWOL. All gone without a trace. They don't even come back to pick up their pay. <laughs> You're a funny man. I like you. But no matter what you say, I ain't eating those pretzels. And I ain't going back to being no decider again. The only deciding I want to do is between raw umber and burnt umber. That's a big choice when you're an artist. Oh boy. Commodore, please listen. The pretzels will help you, uh, to be a better artist. What it really means is that we need your talent, Commodore. You gave the Confederation the greatest gift a man can give. Lower marginal tax rates and effective elimination of estate taxes. That kind of sacrifice puts you in the pantheon of starfly superheroes like Reagan, Thatcher, Lee Kwan, Crotus, and Friedman. By the way, those last three are senior partners in Bay Galactic's law firm. You know, I used to play Zero Gravity Highlight with Gaboxnagao Crotus on board weekends. Funny story. <laughs> Focus, Willard! Focus! <laughs> Kaminar, you need to eat those pretzels pronto, and here's why. He's one bad, excited, tragic bush. Still is one of our kind He'll always land upon a cushion On his gilded behind You know there's diamonds in his jeans Silver flows in his bloodstream You can't deny that son is privileged His nouveau riche legacy There's an ease set up outside There's no air Another self-portrait in his private bedroom. Glory, he once fulfilled his destiny. Back then he filled us to the top. My gold my running over and over. You know it ain't never going to stop. Remembering it now, it brings a tear to my Casino, missiles tore, desert skies. 
some say you earn local retirement But hey, that's my least favorite kind of men Got to get back up on them Bronco Lucrative contracts yet to win Great news is always to get every push There's one like you waiting at home It's true, he has the same advisors as you and your pop He's gonna make this town like a rock You're a big little man It's okay if you're an artist Paint yourself in a can It's not to do with your style Doesn't need to be worth my while Taking the alien breeze man Be irrelevant to the plan Glory he wants fulfilled his destiny Back then he filled us That's why we need you back at the center of the action, Commodore. We need you to get the old band back together. Like Wolfie here. He looks like he could use a decent job. And Mr. Pearl here. How can you say no to those sweet, doe-like eyes? Or his doe middle. You don't need the whole group, of course. Skylar Jet and Lionel Richie probably have better things to do with their time. No dash, Willie. And don't keep calling me Commodore. That's why I think you're a fleece. Gosh, he just slapped a big brown splue to paint on his rudimentary depiction of the free enterprise. I feel that the God-given economic system of the entire confederation has now been soiled. Quick, we need a team to get up there and clean it off fast. I'd lead them myself, but I'm incapacitated. It seems my underwear band is wrapped completely around my neck again. <laughs> Bridge to Captain. Romney here. Go ahead, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> oh, I was hoping Mr. Ned would answer. Okay, then. Captain, the free enterprise has just been hit by some kind of forced dampening field. Controls are frozen, sir. This is Ned Sulu. Weller just saw something shiny. Namely, the horseshoe had just waved in his face. What's the source of the dampening field? Engineer Welsh cutting in, sir. Doesn't seem to be coming from anywhere. It's just all around us, like a blue fog at Anglesey, and we kind of move. Strange, Mister Ned. You don't think that that Commodore Bush is causing it with his paintbrush, do you? What do you think, Pearl? How the hell do I know? I mean, it happened right after he painted that smooch on the Free Enterprise. Yeah, but if you use that logic. The splooge might be what's causing you to talk like an idiot right now. Though you never seem to need that kind of prompting before. No, seriously. If it's true, the Commodore has almost godlike power to make things happen. Think of what he could do for me with all that power. No, don't think about it. The power is mine. Don't you understand? <laughs> mine. Oh, Jesus! Sounds like the war of the chicken hawks is just about to begin! Now, now, boys. Don't get angry with one another. There's plenty of limitless power to go around. And the good thing about godlike power is that, even when you share, it remains omnipotent and unlimited. 
That means you can smite the ones you share it with, and then at some later juncture, take their share all for yourself. I say, I cannot believe what I'm hearing out of you gentlemen. You presume to arrogate to yourself the power of Almighty God? That is blasphemy, from which there is no redemption. Jesus himself will take a staff to your backsides for this. Oh no, are we headed for that holy spanking machine in the sky, Doc? Oh no! Hey, wait a minute. God gave Commodore Bush the power to paint his own reality. And he gave us the power to talk him into using it, um, wisely. How do you know Jesus would take exception to that? That's simple, Mr. Pearl. Make any sense, Colburn? Christ, I hate these musical episodes. Look, Pearly, that power is mine. I saw it first. 
Commodore's gift will make me Lord of the Galaxy. I will use it as a force to liberate people. People like me. In fact, I intend on using as much of their money as possible to pay me to liberate them. Personally, think I deserve a bonus for just coming up with the idea. But Wolfie, I am people like you. I even became a virtual Freemason for some reason. Listen, you two douchebags. You don't need the Commodore's magic powers. His brother Jeb's already running for Lord of the Galaxy. The guy's a shoe-in because he's a freaking idiot. He's probably already named both of you to his transition team. So just go online, buy a ticket to Fort Lauderdale, and start ringing up those billable hours. Then you could leave the Commodore in peace with his picture painting. Hey, Mr. Guy in a horse suit, how do you know so much about my family? Jeb hasn't even said he's running for Supreme Leader yet. Well, he hasn't said it for keeps anyhow. Well, I got a little surprise for you, Commodore. Let me pull this stupid tarp off first. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a horse, a talking horse. I must be, I must be out of my mind. Don't look, Commodore. You'll only hurt yourself more. Relax, this won't hurt as much as Pearl's song.
Actually, that was worse. Far worse than pearls. Did you write that? I understand now. <laughs> it's as clear as stovepiped intelligence. Wolfie, the horse man is right. It's not right for you to confine yourself to Plamet Crawford too and pin your hopes on me. I'm a painter now and totally crackers. You should work for my brother Jab. He's not a painter anyway. <laughs> Wolfie? Wolfie! No, he's gone, Commodore. He left the minute I told him about your brother. Well, golly gee willikers. Looks like we're going to have a happy ending all the way around. And I don't mean in the gay way. <laughs> yeah, except for Pearl. He's outside shouting at the animation of Wolfowitz's rocket ship lifting off. I told him it's just the same stock animation that we use every time someone takes off. But he didn't seem to care. Wolfowitz, come back. Don't leave me here. Wolfowitz, oh, the pain. That's how your consultancy work crumbles. <laughs> oh! Hey, one last thing, Commodore. Can you paint that energy-dampening field out of your portrait of the Free Enterprise so that we can continue our journey of plunder? I mean, discovery? And plunder? Not sure what you're talking about, Willie. But when it comes to my outwork, I am the decider. Solo, what's happening up there? Uh, not too much, Mr. Dead. Welsh is asleep with his bottle, as usual. The Nixon android is giving a televised address to his mirror. I think it just broke his fifth one. What about the power dampening field? Uh, right. Uh, turns out it was a brownout. Apparently, Mr. Wells forgot to pay the power bill last month. Not sure why Lord Rottenberry tasked him to do that. Anyhow, I used the captain's visa card to get the lights back on. Consider yourself on report, Mr. Sulu. You should know better than to use a visa card on utility transactions. The proper protocol is to call the ship's broker and have him buy a majority stake in the power company, get a seat on the board, put the assets into derivatives, then short sell the company, and when it fails, use some of the money to buy power. <laughs> power! I captain. Wait a minute. You mean the Commodore doesn't control events by painting them before they happen? He doesn't have a godlike superpower? Not unless he turns into a three-toed freak every time he gets angry. What's the matter, Pearl? Did you just see your last chance at those riches float away on little angel wings? If I say yes, will I get another number seven? I'm fresh out of clean space briefs. Now, boys, boys, <laughs> let's not get all worked up over a pile of spinach. Mr. Solo? Aye, sir. This is Captain Willard Metilius Romney. Cue the whimsical ending music and prepare to beam us up. Our work here is done. All right, as long as it means that this impossibly lame episode is over. <laughs>
splinters already. Good evening. I hope you are all well. I hope you're all doing well. I especially hope that you are well. And a special hello to the little ones. Yes, hello to all my little friends out there. <laughs> Especially the ones in the graveyard. <laughs> They're so nice and gloomy. <laughs> so here we are again. Yes, here we are already. Well, I certainly hope everyone enjoyed this episode <laughs> of Ned Trek. Perhaps the strangest one ever. The one that we were supposed to play last week, but something happened. Something terrible. It wasn't my fault, though. I'm sure it wasn't. I had all the controls in the right place, and then someone else, who might have been a skeleton, came into the room and changed the settings. You will be hearing from Mr. Laurie Lawyer! <laughs> I can't even quite remember what Peter Laurie sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kills me. I've like, I've like turned my impersonation into of him into something else. I'm not really sure who it's an impersonation of. That's what happens, though. In my head, it sounds like that. Yes, but we all know that you are a very <laughs> deluded individual. You probably remember how to be kissing Joe or something like this, and I don't think it's autonomic. <laughs> and you probably remember my lawyer sounding like this. No, that's my lawyer. What are you trying to say? <laughs> yes, Pagoto, in the in the show, Doctor Pagoto's voice has changed. When we were when we were recording it, um, I of course was doing Mr. Welsh. Mr. And I couldn't change from Mr. Welsh to Pagoto. All I kept doing Mr. Welsh. Yeah, there were a couple of transition lines. Yeah, it was hard. You got know, there, but I it think was... it's because it's late at night or something, and my brain just can't shift gears anymore. <clears throat> we're getting old. And just remember, we have to change from a voice like this. No, a voice like this. And it, Do a voice like this. I, I think you want to try this at home. <laughs> and you'll find out that it is not so easy. Don't try Kissinger at home. It's dangerous. I advise against it. Not unless you take copious <laughs> amounts of drugs. Probably some male enhancement drugs wouldn't help. Indeed. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't help. <laughs> 
Um, so, what kind of a month have you had? Are you talking Mr. to Barry? me? Are you talking to Peter Laurie? No, I talk- always have a good month. <laughs> Probably. I'm talking to the entire community of people within that, Scotland. That are represented here. Uh, I guess I don't know. It's been very busy. Very busy. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Probably going. Lots of work to do. It's been very dry. It's been a very dry summer. Hottest summer ever. Oh, excuse me. We've had to water our uh, our native wildflower garden quite frequently. Really? Yes. We water it with hippie love. <laughs> 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 we're, grow- we're growing the flowers of peace yes we water it with the tears of children we <laughs> we play folk songs while we're doing it <laughs> see the little children <laughs> yes we play playground in my mind playground in my mind nobody talks about that song anymore that song was very troubling I thought I thought it was troubling. It was touching, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's what was troubling about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about touching. It was all about, it was all about molesting, okay? That's right. It was just the molester. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the matter? Hey, something about this song is ticking like a bomb. <laughs> it's just the molester. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people don't talk about it, Matt. <laughs> they need Where the children sing and the children play and they sing the song all day. My name is Michael. I got a nickel. I used to think it was like a nickel, like a nickel bag or something. It's okay. okay this <laughs> this song is about drugs. My name I is know Michael. It is. I bought a nickel. <laughs> No, it's all about drugs. <laughs> the truth is, there's a conspiracy theory about that song. <laughs> that it's about drugs. We know what the Candyman song was about. <laughs> <laughs> and and wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yes. We know what that was about. Yes, in Crimson and Glover. <laughs> we know what that was about. That was about the coming revolution. It was about... No, it was about blood. <laughs> blood. Red. Crimson. Blood. <laughs> Clover. Clover. On the graves of the, the dead. dead. Over Clover and over. Clover. Many dead. Many dead. That <laughs> song was my theme song. Yes. You see now how see, pop music can affect your mind. Both I and Charles Manson tried out for the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they should have taken Henry. <laughs> Davy, Mickey, <laughs> Hank, and Hanky, and Hanky, <laughs> Hanky the monkey. <laughs> that could be a new show, Joe. Hanky the monkey. I'm Hanky the monkey. <laughs> hey, Hanky's a monkey. People say he's walking around. But I'm too busy bombing. (laughs) (laughs) He was at that time, too. (laughs) He was too busy bombing. (laughs) (laughs) To put anybody down. Just trying some white phosphorus. (laughs) 
That works. That works. Sorry, monkeys. No, we like the monkeys. We like. We don't want to. We don't want to dump on the monkeys too. Why do you guys just do this podcast and you dump on everybody? Yeah, it's like a big joke. You like Donald we've Trump? Already, we've already ripped on the monkeys anyway. I know you like said that Jones died because of monkey poachers. That was like the worst thing anyone's ever said in the history of time. Well, it was too soon. Yes, it was like the day after. It was during his death. He comes out with his joke during his death scene. The guy's dying, and he makes jokes about it. He makes the dumb joke. <laughs> deep joke. I'm the monkey's Poor lawyer. Deep laugh. <laughs> you are so sued. You are so We sued. should have him sing a song about being so sued. <laughs> you are so sued to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea for a song, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to start writing songs during the podcast. I think that makes it No, we can't. We've tried that. It's terrible. We yeah. tried it. It turned out terrible. Well, mostly it does, yeah. It's mostly awful. Mostly it does. We listen to your podcast. It's bad. <laughs> Go and do your podcast, and I hope it sounds awful. And it does. Yeah. Well, sorry this. about the podcast, folks. It is pretty terrible. Do we have to play any songs during this? Because that was a... Oh, no, we don't. Because that that episode of Ned Truck was chock full of Jim Dandies. It's chock full of songs, yes. Some songs we're exhausted. Daddy. We're exhausted. Yeah, no, we're permanently exhausted. I fell asleep. I was, like, working on the computer yesterday during lunch. Because I always work. <laughs> like wake up well I like I, evidently I fell asleep <laughs> like my head just hit the table and I like <laughs> fell asleep and I woke up and I had no idea where I was waking up too I was like so sound asleep and I had to like be someplace in five minutes too which wasn't helpful but I like wake up in this puddle of drool it was about a mile thick oh and no not really but that I just we just said that because it sounded good. And because he's really very sick. No, I was, when I was waking up, though, I really had no idea where I was waking up, what time it was. I mean, what time, meaning what time period. I was like, well, wait a minute, this is the Pleistocene era. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up in the Pleistocene. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm waking up in the Pleistocene. <laughs> oh, my God, it's the Jurassic. <laughs> It's, it's mastodon. It's a mass. It's a mastodon. Oh my god! I'm Charles Nelson Riley, and it's the place to see. Oh my god! I forgot about Charles Nelson Riley. Oh. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just accidentally did Paul Lynn. Yeah, that's while true. trying to do. It's funny Paul how close. Wolfowitz. Yeah, it's. Hey, funny. they're both Pauls. I know. It's it's funny how close Wolfowitz is to Paul Lynn. Is it Lind? Yes. Oh, I've been his name wrong for the last... Oh, please. For the last 50 years. Kids! Sorry. What's the matter with kids today? Sorry, Paul. Yes. I probably got Paul Williams' name wrong. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's related, too. It's one big happy family. Didn't he play like an orangutan once? He played an orangutan. <laughs> orangutan. Orangutan. <laughs> I represent the orangutans, and you are so soon. 
<laughs> Jesus. The orangutans, wasn't that another band? Yes. Trying to compete with the monkeys? Yeah. That and the gibbons. See, <laughs> yeah, now that was Yule Gibbons, Joe. Yule Gibbons. Yule and the Gibbons. That was a Christmas band. You'll love the Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a month we've had, really. Yeah, what, okay, what have you done? What have you been doing? Like, have you been doing anything? You still oh, go to work? Oh, God, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I've been buried in work. Uh, I've been at a moment's peace. Well, what kind of work are you doing now? I forgot. Oh, you work at the school. Well, that's not work. That's play. I'm inspecting magnetic communication satellites. You believe me, don't you? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I'm working on websites and videos. Oh, boy. Like what kind of videos? What kind of videos? Propaganda videos. Oh, great. No, sure. Thank you, Goebbels. Yes, I'm part of the problem. You're I'm Goebbels. You. I'm Goebbels. I knew it. I knew it. Only for money. <laughs> yes, but it, this isn't for ideology. It's for money. It's not for ideology. He does it because of the monetary awards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very humorous man. I'm a very humorous man. Don't you think so? This is an impromptu song, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know, it's very late at night. And for us, since we're old, late at night means like 8 o'clock or something. Now it's probably more like 8.30. Yes. Oh my god, it's 8.47. Oh my goodness. So this is our what? Hey, this is our anniversary episode. It is. It's like, oh my god, is it three or four years? I it think can't it... be four. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Is it three? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Ooh. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, I think it's three. Oh, is it three? All right, that's all. Are you sure? Nah, it's four. Yeah, it's gotta be four because yeah. we started out 2011. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my God, it's four fucking years. I mean, four heckin' years. <laughs> Four dipping years. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. G- gosh darn you. Four, four, four years. Four. Well, what happened? I can't believe it. Four years. And we're old now. No podcast has ever lasted that long. <laughs> no podcast they ever make you money, son. <laughs> I tell you. That's what my puppy said. <laughs> you have to try fishing with bombs. That's the only way to make money around here. That's the only way to make money around here. If anyone risks me fists, it's popping its wham on the stand. So keep your keep good behavior. It's your one lifesaver with Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish, cause I eats me spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. If anyone ventures to risk me fist, it's Popeye and it's Wham on the stand. 
So keep good behavior, it's your one lifesaver with Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish, cause I eat me spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> I can't believe we're still playing this. <laughs> well, it's not what it used to be. Well, as you said, it's late. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man's lawyer! <laughs> <laughs> I am Max Fleischman's lawyer! <laughs> and we can't do anything. I know. We it's can't terrible. do anything without getting sued. I know. I've had my ass sued off several times this month already. He's assless, folks. I had to get a new That's ass. That's how come he wears assless pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn it. That's why I'm on an audio podcast. He's more whole than ass these days. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Certainly more whole. <laughs> yeah, he's got the whole. He's got the whole <laughs> world in his hands. Oh, no, Christ. We really will get sued. <laughs> Why, who wrote that? You wrote that? Jesus did. Jesus wrote that. I'm Jesus' lawyer. We're kind of giddy. So, uh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We should play oh, the yeah. We can get sued for that song. Right? Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. I'm singing in the rain. Oh dear. Might as well get sued in a big way. See if we can get sued by like a hundred people at the same time. Maybe we could set some kind of record and thereby make money. money. We can make a lot of money. There could be just, money. There's money in this. Just there's we'll, we'll, we'll have the Guinness Book of World Records record for being sued the most times in a single day. <laughs> what single podcast? Everybody would want to hear it. And they'd listen to all of our ads. And our sponsors would give us bonuses. And maybe even trips to the... Orient. Um, Orient. <laughs> to the Oriente. <laughs> <laughs> the haciendados would get the ranchos back without paying a single centavo. centavo. <laughs> That's uh, Big Valley Mexican speak, I think. Yes, it's, uh, it's kind of code switching. Yes, it is, Joe. It is indeed. So we remember, we should finally remember back to our first episode of this podcast. Like yes, before. I don't remember it at all. I kind of vaguely remember that you had it kind of structured. Oh, right, yeah, so yeah. You, you did segments. a remote. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really in the podcast proper. No, you weren't. You 
<laughs> you no. sound almost fond. No, rem- you weren't. Fondly remembering me not being in the that show. That was terrible. I was kind of started out a special guest star. <laughs> a special guest ass. <laughs> it was it was a stellar performance. I was I was so glad to be part of it. <laughs> Who are you working for? Come and work for me. Who are you working for? Come and work for me. You're all scum and you know it. <laughs> David, wonderful to see you. <laughs> David, wonderful. Okay, we kind of delved into Monty Python a little bit and our Claudius. Not the one and Inappropriate. Inappropriately. Inappropriate. Juxtapose. Juxtaposed. Juxtaposed. So anyway, so yes, that first episode of our podcast was really inspired, I thought. I mean, we were trying something completely new. And, well, the whole nature of trying something new is no one has ever attempted it before. Yeah, so I remember... Well, of course, in those days, we were Sir using a completely different Sir Edwin. recording system. and Get stuffed. We used a wire recorder. <laughs> no, we were, we were recorded on wax cylinders. <laughs> we were recorded on wax cylinders. <laughs> it was, a, it was and, a whole new approach. And yes, and, and they kept melting. Now, see, I, I remember Joe had this great idea to to do different segments. He did one where he talked to his, oh, yes, yes, his oh, robot fantastic. friend. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your idea to talk to a robot friend? Well, I made up this robot friend. It was very imaginative for my age. Okay, shut up now. <laughs> now, Joe, get stuffed. And he was uh, my friend. And he did another segment that had to do with a yellow submarine. <laughs> a lonely... A lonely... A star. <laughs> See, one of our problems is we can't stay on one subject for more than a minute. It's like that guy in that bar room that I told you this audience about some time ago, who whoever he concentrated on for over a minute, he'd, he'd want to get fight, in a fight yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, and I remember his he brother, his brother coming up to me saying, "I don't have anything against you guys, but my if my brother gets in a fight with you, I have to help him." <laughs> Which uh, sounds like a scam to me. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of a scam. I know, but then there ended up being a big barroom brawl, and and the guy was so drunk that all I could do is really hold him up. So. Yeah, I saw a brawl like that at Spilka's once. It was on. I'm, I'm the Spilka's lawyer. It was on. It was on uh, St. Patrick's Day. I was there with Bill Judicky. Oh, okay. And there was a fight. I mean, we were just sitting there having. We, we weren't like. We were eating clams. We drunk. We just. We were eating clams. A, we were Joe. having a beer. We were oh. having a beer. No clams. And there were people. There were people in the place that were like sloppy drunk. Yeah. And this fight broke out, and they were so drunk. There was like. Must have been about twenty people <laughs> fighting, and they're all kind of just like rolling around, going, up. and the cops got there just as we were leaving, and yeah. kind of like they're. Did they hustle you guys away? No, but it was there. They are. Did somebody like was point pu- at no, you? And say, yeah, there they are. He's the one who stopped it. <laughs> he started it all. I saw. I saw him. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, so four years ago, a dream was born. Yes, it was a dream and an idea. 
Who's I it? had only 60 cents in my pocket. Listen, the time had come for an idea and it channeled through me. It seemed like the market was ready for a really fresh approach to the podcast. Uh, I, I just want to thank this. Like, I've never never worked with people like this before. I mean, I've never worked with It was like a it was like we're all family. Well, I guess we are. But it was like, you know, we're all family and everybody... Matt's, Matt's like a brother to me. ...got along and uh, the working atmosphere was incredible. Yes, yes. Such an enriching... I mean... ...and engaging and Joe, atmosphere. I mean, he'd give you the shirt off his back. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. want it because yeah. it's hideous and it smells. And Matt... But he'd give us... <laughs> Matt, wouldn't let you thank him. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't let you thank him. He insisted on not being thanked. Uh, the atmosphere he created around his his show, I mean his podcast, was just incredible. I mean nobody's ever really thanked him for this, but the atmosphere but around that's I'm ass do it right. was almost <laughs> impenetrable. <laughs> Uranus, Joe, it's called Uranus. Yeah, Uranus. No, Uranus. Ah, uh, Neptune, Neptune. So anyway, four years. Four years. Of <laughs> I keep circling back. Wonderful. Well, I talk about it, but. So what happened four years ago? A podcast was born. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? When we first started, we thought we'd be talking about politics. That's true. That lasted about five seconds. Because it turns out that we're... (laughs) It turns out that politics (laughs) is a clown show. When we start talking, we could care less about politics. (laughs) It's a big fat clown too. It's just boring. It's boring. All of it's boring. Hey. So I guess we should wind up our wind up our fourth anniversary podcast. Okay. We'll kind of peter out. (laughs) I'm Peter's lawyer. (laughs) Not that Peter. I'm Peter. Oh wait a minute. I'm my own lawyer. It's time for us to Simon out. I mean Peter out. (laughs) don't forget we should maybe for the fourth for the fourth anniversary we should all wish uh, Big Green uh, good luck in another four years yes so I will start I'll say Joe and the other one uh, well thank you Mr. Kissinger happy anniversary and uh, you wait your turn (laughs) I'm not finished yet and happy fourth anniversary and I'm so glad that me and my people could be here uh, and now uh, it's wrong. Well, thank you Mr. Thank you Mr. Kissinger Happy fourth anniversary This is Big Green <laughs> Whoa is it my turn yet Jesus how long were you going to leave me waiting out here Willard Happy anniversary, whoever the hell you are. All I know is that you're bigger fools than this idiot over here. Gosh, I never never thought I would last for four years. And three of them have been mine. Hark, I know it's been three years. It seemed at least that long. Oh, wait a minute. I think you said it was four. See what you mean. See what I mean. I can't do more than one accent in a row. <laughs> they collide together. Uh, yes, they do. Well, here's to another four years. 
Four oh, more years. Has it been for you? Four more <laughs> years. <laughs> now more than ever. This big. This is big green. Now more than ever. I say, I'm so glad to wish you four years of health in your anniversary show. <laughs> Um, I don't want to really say anything on this podcast, that, especially if if I have to be associated with these jokers. But I guess happy anniversary anyway. I'm going now. Yeah, happy anniversary. Had a great time. Uh, I would appreciate uh having a turn at saying happy anniversary to you folks, but... I figure that it's not scientifically feasible at this time. (laughs) Well, (laughs) happy anniversary, Pumpkin (laughs) Toe. Mommy, is dinner ready yet? (laughs) I'll say it. Ah! Happy anniversary, all you guys! I think I'm Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure who I am. <laughs> um, happy anniversary! <laughs> oh, no, it's Mr. Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome. Sorry? You're welcome, Mr. Stephanie. We're glad that we could do this four years for you. <laughs> <laughs> Four years dedicated to an idiot. Oh my god, he's dead! <laughs> no, he died right after he said that. <laughs> well, I think it's time for us to go, Joe. Why don't you tune up the It's Time for Us to Go organ? It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. Time for us to go. Time for us to go. Really, it's After four years, you think we get this right? Time for us to go. Time for us to go. Bon appetito. Bon appetito. Well, that's all we got. Hope you guys had a good time. I know that I did. This is Big Green, brought to you by Matt's Kazoo. Also by Donald Trump. He gave some money to us. Like he gave money to everyone. He gives money to everyone. Vote for him. Oh my God. Thanks for four great years of This is Big Green. If you can hear us. Check us out at bigdestrian.net. Follow me at Big Green Joe. Atkins Goodbye. Window.